All right, welcome to Southern Hostility. This is Cameron. This is Justin. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I'm glad you survived Minnesota. Yeah, I did, don't you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't you know, Minnesota. How cold was it up there? Um, I think for one of our games, it was negative eight. <laughs> Air temperature negative eight? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, this, this is a little chilly. It never got that cold for us. <laughs> yeah. I had icicles in my mustache. That was a, that was a nice touch. Did you get pictures of that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've I mean, got a photo. You know, photos, you, you have to prove it. Yeah. Make sure it didn't happen. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Did you go to a meat raffle while you were up there? We didn't. Um, <sighs> Break the tradition, man. Yeah, Jim and Oz, like, talked yeah. about it, but, yeah. like, the times didn't line up. Meat um, raffle, man, you got yeah. We did folks, go... We folks, did, if you, if, hold on. If you haven't been to Minnesota or Iowa and experienced a meat raffle, you've got to. And you're probably wondering, what's a meat raffle? It's literally what it sounds like. They're raffling off meat. <laughs> And usually to support local, like, Kiwanis teams or Boys and Girls Club or, or something like that, Little League baseball teams, and you buy a ticket, and they literally raffle off meat that is sitting in ice. Awesome. I love it. Beautiful. You get a pot roaster ribs, man, for a dollar. <clears throat> yeah. We did go to Murray's Steakhouse, which was really <laughs> oh, nice. Really yeah. That's really good. It was top dollar, but that's the best meal I've ever had, let me tell you. What, what did you get? I had the 28-ounce porterhouse. 28 ounces? Yeah. Did you finish it? Oh, I absolutely did. I'm very proud of you, Kevin. Yeah. No, I'm uh, very proud of you. And then I had a slice of key lime pie. <laughs> Wait, you had a slice of key lime pie in Minneapolis? Yeah. Did they ship it in from Southeast Florida? <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. It was delicious. Oh, as long as it was delicious. And okay. they used fresh lime. It was, it was and, and wonderful. So you're up there with the money drugs. What, yep. five teams up there this year, right? Uh, something like that, yeah. <laughs> I lost count. Like, I, just everywhere you turned, there was another orange jersey. And, <laughs> well, you and you were on the penalty box radio team. Yes. Right? Yeah, because like, all of them were named after different you know people helping out and contributing. Uh, Jim Chandler's with 107.5 The River. Yeah. Was on that team, too. Yep. So... Yeah, cool. cool. Have some teammates. Yeah, we now. definitely had some teammates on that team. A couple fresh faces, but uh, it was a lot of fun. You um, won we, a game. What you won a game, right? Yeah, we won our first That's game. Awesome. Uh, the second game, the other team no showed, so that so counts. Won. That counts as a win. <laughs> uh, the third game, I think we lost like eight to six. So. That's that's really good. Yeah. And like, you know, the, that other team, like they were a local team, mm -hmm. like um, they play in a league nearby. So they were kind of just like, you know, they're like, oh, we play tonight. Like, you know, so I was pretty satisfied with how we did against that team, all things considered. Uh, you know, two and one, that's a pretty good record. That's better than I ever did up there. <laughs> but I did score a hat trick before. Yeah. I scored in each of the actual games. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, it felt I'm glad you had a good experience. Yeah. And what was it like walking across a lake to get to the, to the rinks? Um, it was interesting. Like, <laughs> the first day we were there, there wasn't a lot of snow, so you could, like, see down and, like... Oh. You could see cracks that were, like, a foot deep. Oh, yeah. It was... It was it's cold enough, so you know you're not going to fall, but yeah. it's still creepy. It, I was surprised, like, how stable it was. You didn't feel any shaking. There's their bonies on the ice, and, yeah. like... You know, I was like, it's going to shake or you're going to hear a crack. And I never heard anything. It paused, again, yeah, he said, there are Zambonis on the ice because that's how thick the ice is. Yeah. They dry scrape it. Well, I kept telling people, I'm from California and I live in Tennessee. So uh -huh. the whole frozen pond thing was completely new to me. Like, <laughs> I've, it was a new sensation. So for those of you that don't, for those that don't know, okay, what, especially with those temperatures, what did you have to wear to prepare to play in that? So... 
like a week or two leading up, I kept like looking at the forecast and like, okay, it's expected to be like 20 degrees. That's not so bad. Then like a couple days passed and it's like, okay, 15, like, you know, then I hit Amazon and I bought some gloves and like a hat with like ear flaps and, and then like a few days, a few days pass and it's like 10 degrees. And so I buy even more stuff. I go to, I went to Walmart and loaded up on the uh, Fruit of the Loom crew neck sweatshirts uh-huh. to layer with. And, you know, just as time went on, I bought more and more. <laughs> so, but did you ever get thermal layers? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> because there's only so much a sweatshirt can do. Yeah, no, I, I, I was fine. Like... My hands got a little bit cold because yeah, yeah. you have to take your gloves off to like oh, undo yeah. your laces and things like oh, that, yeah. and then I you get kind of cold. But other than that, so it was fine. Did, did did you? How good did a, a hot shower feel though after this? It felt wonderful. <laughs> even though even like a mildly warm shower probably felt great. So at the Re- Renaissance downtown, the depot in Minneapolis, <laughs> their shower heads were super high pressure. Oh. Uh, it felt like uh, one of the shower heads they use for delousing. <laughs> I'm just getting this image from Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> spraying at the prison. Pretty much. <laughs> I would go more towards uh, Super Troopers. Oh, oh God. Okay, the lice they hate yeah. the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. You guys represented Nashville so very well. Yeah. Too. It's, it's really cool to see how many teams from the South are going to Lake yeah. Nicomas now. That's just awesome. It was kind of nice because I got there Wednesday and we didn't play until Saturday. Yeah. So we went to some local parks trying to find places to skate. Did you get arrested? No, but we did trespass. I did not personally trespass. Uh, I, I witnessed I witnessed the trespassing. So you were waiting on the other side of the fence? Is that what you are doing? Basically. Just I was waiting in the warming room. Oh, okay. Because So we pull up to this place and it's like this big civic center. <laughs> and rink. Like we're seeing online skatetheoval.com. There's a um, there's a like an electronic sign in the neighborhood that says open now, skate oh. the oval. So we're like, okay, this place seems pretty legit. Some of the other people had already gotten there and the door they went in, they just walked right out and put their skates on and started skating. My group gets there behind them. We walk in the door and there's a lady there who says, no, it's close. It's... It's like zero degrees out there. And the ice is brittle. I did not understand this. Apparently, ice is only good between like 20 degrees and 10 degrees. It can literally be too cold for good <laughs> hockey ice. Yes. Yes, it can. So, like, they were canceling, like, uh, like the youth groups on Lake Nokomis, they got canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the neighborhood rinks were closed. Wow. Um, so, like, she, like, somebody from my group goes up and, well, oh, yeah, it's closed. We got to go somewhere else. So we pack in the car and we go somewhere else. Uh-huh. That's where we even, we see people out there skating. <laughs> Just a guy in a National Predators jersey out there. You know, part of the Mighty Drugs. <laughs> yeah. So we start leaving and then, like, uh, they're like, no, just park on the other side and come on down. <laughs> so the group turns around. And then the woman that we talked to comes down and she's like, what are you guys doing? I told you, like, it's closed. And, oh, we didn't know. So you thought you could just drive to the other side of the building and everything would be fine? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I got a text message that said, Adams got us arrested. And so I got it, like, what? Adams didn't do anything wrong. 
he was so stressed out though that like something bad was gonna happen. He's what like, he's like, no, the the moment I put on my skates and get out there, like uh, the cops are gonna show up. <laughs> well, that's what you're making it sound like. So I really thought that you at least got like a quick citation or something. No, and just got kicked out. Okay. Yeah, we just got kicked out. Know okay. that a little bit. Okay. What? Okay. So I love quizzing about this because it's so interesting to hear perspective. What was the most difficult part of learning how to skate on a frozen pond? Because like you said, there's cracks. It's different. It's not a, a, a nice blanket sheet of ice like what you have in an ice rink. It's, there are things that happen naturally to a frozen pond. So the line change into the snow uh-huh. yeah. got me a little bit. You fall. So the boards are like a foot and a half tall. Mm-hmm. So you've got to like kick your feet over. But like it's not like you're skating somewhere skate stable onto something stable like you're on bad ice into snow into a pile of snow because as the week goes on people are shoving the shavings out and piles up so i start falling backwards and i'm like the square of my back is going straight into the top of the boards so i lean even further back so it only hits my thighs Uh so i land straight on my back and you know we're in the middle of this pond i think i'm just going to keep on going because <laughs> I I'm a big man. If anything, if anybody's gonna fall through the ice, you know, it's me doing the, you know, the backwards <laughs> belly flop. Uh, last year, because it was a little warm, I stepped on a thin piece, even though it was on top of a thick layer of ice. I stepped into a puddle. I freaked them out, man, <laughs> because I thought I was falling through because we we're going to the outside edge of the rinks yeah. to try to make it more quickly back to the, the beach. And I step in, and my foot falls maybe a good six inches in and soaks my shoe and my sock and everything. I'm like, oh, God, I almost died. Oh, God, I almost died. But it actually hit hard ice below that. It just it melted right there because of the sun. Yeah. But I freaked out. I, I get you about yeah. the being fat dude and yeah. <laughs> almost thinking you're going to fall through. But that's awesome. And you're, back, and you're back towards right now nice and warm and toasty in middle Tennessee. I got to tell you, compared to Minnesota, this feels like Florida. <laughs> like it's. Did you go do Mall of America at all? No, you didn't, didn't get no, didn't get to do Mall of oh, America. Man. Oh man! Um, we did go to the Bauer store and like okay. did the foot scan thing. Yeah. Um, I was like the only person who like I've got the correct size skate. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, folks, if you didn't know that this the skate scanning thing, the foot scanning thing, at the Bauer store. First of all, they have a, they have a rink at the Bauer store yeah. in, in Minnesota, which is awesome. You can try out skates where you buy them. A mini Zamboni. Uh, and then it scans your foot and tells you the exact size and type of power skates you need because you know there's like your Supremes, your Nexus, all those different kinds that are built for different shapes of foot. And we don't know that necessarily down here. You're just trying to, yeah, fits, sure, fine. Yeah. So cool. Cool. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we played, you know, a beer league game with only three people on the bench awesome. because all of y'all were up there. Yeah. All y'all. So thank you for that, Mr. Gumpy. Glad I could help out. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So what's next? Um, Let's talk about the SEC tournament. SEC tournament. Okay. SECHC, the Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference. Yeah. What about it? What do you want to know? Um, I don't know anything. Yeah. You don't know know a damn thing. (laughs) Careful. There's uh, <clears throat> like seating to come out and stuff like that. Who's, yeah. the, who's the favorite of that tournament? <clears throat> I think that the two favorites have got to be Georgia and Ole Miss. Yeah. They're the, Georgia's the number one, Ole Miss is the number two seed. Uh, just given the way that they've played all season, uh, I've seen Georgia in action. They have a very good team, very deep team, lots of scoring threats. A kid named Carter Penzian on Georgia, just he's a human highlight reel. Whether he plays Ole Miss, 
very good team as well. I mean, they were 16-3 overall, 8-2 in the SEC HC. Uh, South Carolina got a late start to their season, but they're very good overall. And then I think uh, it's going to be a little rougher from there. Florida could always surprise people if they get it together. Uh, so could Arkansas. Arkansas 13-10 and 10 overall, 3-3 three and three in the SEC HC. And then the two bottom seeds are Tennessee and Vanderbilt. So rebuilding years for those two squads uh, as well. Auburn has put together a much more competitive team this year too, so I really like seeing that. I like seeing the cyclical nature of these teams to where everybody's getting a chance to be good, which I love. Uh, Georgia and Ole Miss just kind of really stand out uh, from the rest of the league. So I'm really excited for this tournament to see what goes on, especially you get to Saturday and Sunday and Sunday games where the matchups are really going to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to those. It's interesting because, like, I've heard other people in hockey say level of play doesn't matter. It comes down to how passionate the players are. And this tournament's a prime example. Anytime I see these SEC teams play – they they're a little bit too passionate sometimes <laughs> like they get into a little bit of trouble but um it's great because level of competition is higher than anything i could ever be capable of so there's a lot of players who really impress me but at the same time uh, mistakes happen and when mistakes happen, talented players have an opportunity to capitalize on those mistakes and it's mm-hmm. just great to watch like not a knock to the level of play but oh no yeah yeah you like to take advantage of it yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have some talented players out there that, you know, they probably could have gone on and played D3 or D2 college hockey if they really wanted to. Um, but there's these schools they wanted to go to because of the programs that they offer or they wanted to put on that, that jersey for that team. You know, there's, uh, there's a, I know, a kid from UT. He's a third-generation volunteer. So he, he from, uh, from the get-go, he wanted to go to UT. Yeah. <clears throat> it didn't matter what the program was like that. He wanted to go to the University of Tennessee. And so you see that a lot with the SEC schools and then, I mean, Obviously, with the expansion happening next year because we're doubling the size of the conference, it's going to be even more competitive because then you see the the top eight teams in the bracket, they're going to be the top half of the conference. So the, the compete level of a one versus eight is going to be insane. But that also means that an eight theoretically could really win the tournament. I mean, yeah. got, they're, going to, they're going to be teams <coughs> strong because they're in the top half of the league. And so you're looking at it more like the, the NHL playoffs where an eight seed like Nashville did you know a couple years ago could make a run. If they get hot, they get hot because this is the kind of tournament where it's only three days long and it's a game every day. You win three games, you win the championship. That's just how it is for, for this tournament. That's what I love about it is that yeah. if you are having a really good weekend and everything's just clicking your way, you can go out and you can win your conference championship. Um, you and I talked about it a little bit separate from the show, but you went uh, to Savannah. Yeah. Um, it was amazing to me seeing those photos of how many people are there for that event. Mm-hmm. And the SEC tournament is not quite there yet, okay. which is interesting to me. Uh, but it just goes to show, like, with a little more love, this tournament's going to be really something special. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Savannah, the Savannah Hockey Classic, there were 10,000 people in two days that came out to watch non-varsity club college hockey. Okay, talking about kids that don't get scholarships to play. They're paying to play. They're there because they want to be there. The coaches are there because they want to be there. And 10,000 people paid admission, sold this place out, the Civic Center in Savannah, to come watch club teams play. That is awesome because yeah. you don't really get that in many club – you don't really get that in club sports, period, because you're, you're playing for fun. You want, to, you want to play, but you're competing. They're, as you said, sometimes over too overzealous <laughs> with everything that goes on. But what was so awesome in Savannah is that it is the major sports event for the city of Savannah each year. Yeah, the sports council and the city's behind it. When you have a city and a sports council putting everything behind it, money, advertising, things like that, yeah, they're going to be able to blow it out. And that's what's awesome about it. This is the twentieth year for the Savannah Hockey Classic, and it's been 
for 19 years of those 20, the same four teams, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech. So you have rivalries already built in that makes these players want to go out and give their all in front of these fans. And so they're loving it because you hear chants and cheers and people that don't know hockey asking questions, which is great because it's introducing people to the sport. And that's what it's yeah. all about too. Is it a halftime or an intermission? Uh, what's is it a period or a quarter? How does this work? That's fine. It means they're wanting to know. They're learning yeah. about the sport too. Uh, so that's what's really great about that. And in the future, I'd love to see the SCHD tournament get to where we do have, you know, four or five thousand people in the stands, where it's packed and crowded at the arena, where we have to go bigger and bigger and bigger because people just want to come out and watch these teams. I mean, it's it's ten games in three days. Yeah, that's a lot of hockey you get to watch for a tournament like that, and it's fun when you get to support the team that you support that college because it's in the Nashville area, when it comes to overall just fans of the, these schools, Nashville and Atlanta are those two cities where you're guaranteed there's going to be fans of this school in that city. Yeah. Well, you talking about like it's just club hockey. Tell those kids it's just club hockey. Like they're, Exactly. It's more than that to them for sure. Absolutely. And that's, that's why I really like watching those teams play. There's a lot of pride. There is a lot, a lot of pride. Lot of they're playing for their school. Yeah. You know, they're representing a lot. Right there as well, whether it's bragging rights, playing for themselves, playing for their, their coaches and their parents and their school, there's a lot of pride when they put on that jersey. And you can tell with the compete level because, I mean, you, you see this in all the matchups there too. They don't want to be embarrassed. Nobody wants to. I mean, you, you hate getting embarrassed. It's natural human emotion. You don't want to be embarrassed yeah. out there. You want to give it your all and play hard uh, and see what happens out there too. So there's some intriguing matchups. Uh, really looking forward to that Arkansas-Florida matchup. It's the 4-5. Always the 4-5. Is always the the intriguing matchup when it comes. You have the seeds that are just very close because when it came to coaches poll, that's how this works. The the rankings were based on a coaches poll, so the coaches in the league determined the seeding, and it was very close for some of these teams. Like one vote flipped sides or where they're going to be ranked, and, and flipped a lot of things in terms of how they're going to be seeded. So the South Carolina Auburn the three six matchup is going to be neat too because they just played each other last weekend in Athens outdoors. So they're coming in and playing the first matchup. Uh, so it's crazy. There's so many cities that do their own outdoor stuff now. It's, it's cool that that trend is a full rank, full size yeah. rank too. So they played a legit college hockey game outdoors. That's awesome. And I know the University of Georgia at this recording, they're playing Clemson yeah. uh, outdoors. So it's a pretty cool experience. You think in, in Athens, Georgia, they have an outdoor rink where the, the, those teams can go and play, and they invite other colleges yeah. to come and play too. You're going to have a busy weekend coming up a little bit a little bit i mean it'd be friday saturday sunday i'm going to get to fort ice center at about 11 a.m on friday and not leave there well the last puck drops at 9 15 at night so i'm not going to leave it until well after midnight uh that day and then we have our league meeting and everything the next morning and i probably won't leave there again until the latest puck drop is at uh let's see 8 30 that night so i'll probably leave there a little before midnight uh, so a lot of hockey than the nwhl all-Star Games at Weekend, the Skills Challenges at Fort Ice Center, between our games, so it's like we sandwiched the All-Star Game uh, Skills Competition for the NWHL at Fort Ice Center, so it's going to be awesome. We're going to be blowing it out with coverage at NWHL, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward I'm to excited. that. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about women's hockey, then. A good segue. What yeah. a segue, Cameron. Yeah, what, what would you like to discuss, because... There's some things that have been frustrating me for sure. I mean, let's just cut through all of the the buildup and just get to the fact that Pierre Maguire is a dope. Major dope. Yeah, and he did it a few times this weekend. Like, yeah. did you see the clip of him, like, touching yes. her on the waist? And... Yes, and, and saying, I'll be your cage. 
Um, and the, uh, Kendall Coyne, I know, came out and just kind of, not just, I want to say defending him, but just kind of explaining the relationship that they know in each other and everything. Yes, I get that. It does not excuse their behavior. And here's the thing with my problem, folks. Pierre does this with, it doesn't matter male or female. He's awkward with everybody. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not saying that, well, it was a, just a, a, a woman thing yeah. for him. No, he's very awkward on camera. And that is not a good look, period. That's well, not a good look. Separate from that, like from her, I tweeted out that night, huh. if you find someone who looks at you the way Pierre Maguire looks at Connor McDavid, call the police. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, and, and the thing, too, is wouldn't you think that, okay, this is a big deal. We have Kendall Coins Schofield coming on here to, to go in between the benches to broadcast. First of all, she has two degrees in communications. This is not something to where it's like, oh, we got a pro athlete coming that doesn't know how to do any kind of broadcasting. No, she knows... And she proved that she knows what she's doing. She can do that because she has a, a bachelor's and a master's in communications. It's not like she just went through college as an athlete with a communications degree. No, she went further and got a master's in it, too. It's not something that is just, oh, well, or whatever. You would think that, hey, maybe we should go above and beyond to be fully prepared to make sure this is a great experience. Because of, one, the state of, of athletics right now and knowing what the backlash could be if you do make mistakes – because of what was already happening with the All-Star game in general, how people are making a big deal there about Pay Decker and all that too, rightfully so, to make sure that she got paid because of how she performed in it. Yeah. But maybe you think, okay, Pierre, we need to make sure, you, you need to be fully prepared, make sure of this. Maybe be a little prepared for the situation and knowing that. I don't care if you're awkward or not. Be prepared. That shows a lack of preparedness as well as awkwardness. And that does not translate well at all because that's what ticked me off the most is that he right there showed that he didn't prepare for it, meaning that's a lack of care. Pierre's really smart when it comes to knowledge that he has of history and trivial stuff when it comes to the sport. There's no denying that. But the way he presents that knowledge is atrocious. It's, it's atrocious. Terrible. It's terrible. He literally told her which side the team's going to be on. And it's one thing if you have an established relationship that people know on air. Like, me and you can give each other a hard time. If people listen to this, they know. Yeah. Same thing with me and Gover on Twitter or me and Martel and all of us, you have an established relationship that you've shown that you can banter back and forth. No one knew the banter quality of Kendall Coyne Schofield and Pierre Maguire. So you can't just say, well, this is how we talk to each other. No, you can't do that because there's no established norm there too. So if you're saying he's just joking, well, how are people supposed to know that right off the bat too? You've got to be professional about this. He made it sound like she won a fucking contest. To be in between the benches. Okay, we're paying you not to be a fan. She's a professional athlete, dumbass! Yeah. One of the most important skills any type of sports broadcaster can have is when to know when, when to know if you should let a moment speak for itself. Yes. Take a back seat, let the moment unravel, then speak. Mm-hmm. How many broadcasters have ruined moments because they talk over a celebration of Tons. a championship? I don't know. Yeah. Pete Weber is fantastic at this. He knows to not talk. That he's, The Predators have had great moments. He knows that you make the call and you let the noise be the moment. Yeah. Even Willie Donick, like at the end of the Blackhawks series, like, you know, listen to the crowd. They'll take you home. Yeah. It's knowing the moment. And Pierre did not know the moment whatsoever. And that just shows a lack of preparedness. And it just ticks me off because, I mean, I even tweeted about it. And obviously, I got a few people that just didn't get it. And a lot of people are like, there's no big deal. You're making a big deal of nothing. Well, no. It's making a big deal because it's got to, people have got to say it's not good enough. 
That's yeah. the problem, is it's not good enough for you to just let this pass by. You can't just wash it away. Because if that's the case, then it's going to continue to happen to where you're able to talk down to people. Even though they say, well, it wasn't really talking down to her. But it comes across that way. Yeah. Optics are everything when it comes to broadcasting, too. Sure. And that's what just ticked me off so much is calling her a fan. Well, everybody's a fan of the sport. They, she plays it professionally. Let's see. Yeah. Olympic gold medal. Five-time world champion. In college, she was the best athlete. She was the best ice hockey player in women's hockey when she was in college. I mean, it's insane what she's accomplished. What has Pierre Maguire accomplished in hockey? Um, He's a coach for, what, a few days? For a cup weeks, of coffee, yeah. And a, cup, a cup of coffee. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't do anything. It's, and it's not trying to, you know, I'm based on merit. But based on merit, she knows a heck of a lot more about what needs to be going on there. And yes, I'm ranting again because I like to do that, but it pisses me off because NBC Sports is not taking their broadcasting seriously when you keep guys like Pierre Maguire, Mike Milbury, that shit bag yeah. of Mike Milbury, employed like that, who calls P.K. Subban a clown with racist undertones and keeps his job like that. Yeah. I don't get it. And that's something I brought up. Like, they're not going to do anything because no. if they were going to do anything this time, they would have done something about Mike Milbury. Like, yep. the controversy is apparently something they embrace. They want yep. that type of controversy, which I don't understand. Why would you want the controversy of how, you know, misinformed and shitty your announcers are? Yeah. And that's like, exactly what it is. That is the contro- <laughs> controversy. The they're bad at their jobs. They're bad at their jobs. Yeah. And you still don't have a shot counter. <laughs> I know. How do you not have a shot counter? You know, we're going to employ these advanced analytics. The league's going to put these up where they can track players. Their speed, their time on ice, everything that they're doing. But NBC Sports cannot have a goddamn shot counter. Yeah. I, I, it's not that difficult. In my opinion, it's like watching baseball and not having balls and strikes displayed. Yeah, it like, really is. It tells you so much about the direction the game is going yeah, in. Yeah. So if I turn on the game and I'm like, wait, oh, the Predators have seven shots and the other team has none. I know exactly how this game has gone so far. Right, who's been controlling the pace so far, really. And every once in a while it'll float up there, but I'm not paying attention to that no. tiny little thing in the upper corner. No, no a shot counter is not the difference. Oh my god, it pisses me off. Yeah. The broadcast and does it piss me the broadcast in terms of the people that do the play by play? You have Doc, who is I think awesome. Even yeah. even Eddie O, he's Eddie O. And I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. It's you getting it's this the in between the bench reporter, Pierre McGuire, and the studio analysts. That's what gets me right there. And those are the ones that a lot of times get more attention because they're getting actual screen time. You really <coughs> don't see Doc and Eddie O much aside from Welcome back from breaks, things like that. But they focus on the analysts that are in between the benches and in the studio way more. And so you hear the voice of the play-by-play in color, but you don't see the face as much. Yeah. But these other guys, I don't get it. I really do not understand how bad those guys can be. And yeah, people bitch and complain. I hate NBC announcers. Well, I don't hate the announcers. I hate the analysts. Because the analysts are shit. Shit! Yeah. JR is not great either. No, he's... I would wish they would... I think what they've done with with Roenick at least has put him in the role of, like, Bruce Almighty. (laughs) He's the one that's going out there and doing the fluff pieces. That's true. Which, you know what? I'm better with him doing that than trying to be an analyst. 100%. So at least they're they're kind of, I don't want to say pigeonholing him, even though that's what they're doing. I'm fine with him being the fluff piece guys out doing the fan interaction because, okay, you're going to be biased. You're biased because the fan base or the home team. That's fine by me. That is totally fine because it's fun. Yeah. Don't just don't make him an analyst. <laughs> no. So yeah, that's that's about all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. 
All that being said, Nashville has a unique opportunity to see what women's hockey has to offer. And speaking from a perspective of it's not just women's hockey, it's good hockey. Like, definitely stick around if you're going to that Blues game. If you're not, get some tickets to the All-Star game. It's Mm going to be a great time. Mm -hmm. You know, these, these girls, they went out and they played for your country and won a gold medal. Like... They deserve a couple of eyeballs on this event. And the majority of the women in NWHL also have day jobs. Yeah. I mean, there's very few that have that have enough sponsorship support to be able to live off playing hockey. Because, I mean, yes, they get paid. But they don't get paid enough to where they're just living off paying that. And there are so many of them. I mean, we've talked to them before that they're teachers. Or they do this for a living. They do that for a living. They're business people. Because that's why they usually play their games only on the weekends and they have their practices at night. Because most of most of the women have day jobs so that you know, actually be able to, to live within their meets and everything. But no, I mean, you have Hillary Knight who went to the CWHL yeah. um, and the way that it's just built there is totally fine. But the, the NWHL, most of them have day jobs. And so it's cool because they're, they're doing it because they love it. Yeah. They're trying to live their dream out. Yeah, and... The feedback I'm seeing from a lot of those women when they were in the spotlight for the All-Star Game, they want one league united under NHL leadership. Right. Which is a few years down the line. Um, I heard uh, Greg Wyshynski on his ESPN podcast talking about how it's a little bit difficult to cover uh, women's hockey right now. Just because there's five teams in the NWHL, mm-hmm. they're not playing every night, so it's kind of, right. it's you know it's just not going to get the same amount of coverage at this point. Once you see one league with teams in multiple cities, it's it's going to be more and more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Women's hockey is proving you know the more available the product is, the more it grows. That's true, yeah, and, and it just will continue to be that way. Yeah, you have to make that product available, <laughs> and it's gonna it's gonna grow. And then going out to different cities, aside from you know Pittsburgh and Minnesota, for All Star games, going to Nashville, that's how you grow the sport and expand it. Because Minnesota, they knew they had the Whitecaps, and there's still plenty of people out there that need to be introduced. But you're really expanding to those quote unquote non traditional areas. That's how you really do the grassroots effort of growing the sport by going to those areas. Because yeah, you have it in Nashville. Now go ahead, have it in Southern California. Have it in Dallas. Have it in Tampa. You go to those areas and then you're growing it to where, well, look at it. How many things have we seen from fathers already to where they watched Kendall Coyne or watched Brianna Decker at the All-Star game and their five or six-year-old daughter is like, I want to try that. I want to do that. That's why it's important because you're exposing young children to the sport to where they can have a role model to look up to. A real role model where they can see themselves in their shoes and not be like, I'm going to be a fan of this guy the whole my whole life. But when they see a woman out there doing the same thing and playing hockey and being fast out there and doing great things with the puck and all that ability that they can do, they can emulate that and be like, that could be me. That really could be me. Yeah. So. Well, their aspiration here in Nashville is to make it the highest attended women's game in North America, the and world. I mean, there's no or, reason why it yeah. shouldn't be simply because stay after the Blues game. It's a matinee game. It's not like you're staying yeah. for a 930 puck drop. Yeah, it's free hockey. It's free hockey. In the afternoon, the, the Blues game puck drops at eleven thirty, so that's going to be done. You know, the the NH the NWH All Star game is supposed to start at like two thirty. Yeah, there's no reason if you're already there to stay unless you have obviously other obligations. I understand. Please don't come at me with that. But then if you don't, it's only twenty dollars to go to the NWHL All Star game. You can go there. Yeah. So get it done. Get get it done. 
<sighs> All right. So I, I got to ask. Sure. It's been a while. Have you seen the new Spider-Man I have. trailer? What did, what, did it throw you off that they released it before Infinity War Endgame? No. I mean, Avengers Endgame? Like, people keep talking about that. Like, you know what's going to happen <laughs> at the end of Endgame. You mean, you mean people? some people die and some people don't? So, <laughs> Black Panther dies, Spider-Man dies. Those are the, <laughs> those are the top superheroes right now like that that's the future like they're not gonna kill them <laughs> off and have them stay dead <laughs> okay that's fair yeah but but there was not a tony stark in that spider there was not trailer. what do you think happens to mr stark so that is one thing like we know spider-man spider-man's gonna make it he's yeah. gonna pull through yeah. um Nick Fury in the trailer, that was a surprise. Like, we're not so positive of that. Like, maybe the smaller characters who maybe, you know, I want to move on and do other things with my career Mm -hmm. from an acting perspective, maybe not let us know (laughs) that the people who have been involved since Square One are still living. Uh Um, Yeah. So, how excited are you for Captain Marvel in March? Captain Marvel's looking pretty good. It's, uh... Set in the nineties, which is interesting. Yeah. So we have Coulson, yeah, Fury, yeah, with well. with both eyes. Yeah, with both eyes. So that then it all sets up obviously for Endgame. Yeah, I'm very excited. This, I mean, usually every summer there are plenty of movies to get me excited, but there really are a lot of movies this movie season that I'm getting pumped for. What do you think of Shazam? I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be. I, fun I like the route. And I keep saying this over and over. I think DC is learning a little bit here and there. They're starting to learn more of a formula of you don't always have to be really, really dark. You can have darkness because obviously yeah. Marvel's had to go dark a little bit for certain things, but you still need to make them be relatable yeah. in some way to give that human element. And the way they're presenting already Shazam with the trailer at least is, oh, hey, they're starting to get it. You don't have to be serious like Ant-Man. Yeah. It's not the over the most popular character, obviously, in Marvel, but that movie making a lot of money. And, and because it's funny, and it's Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> He's a superhero. And they're obviously, based on the Endgame trailer, they're making Ant-Man a pretty significant part yeah. of how things are going to get solved. And so the same thing with Shazam. Make it, you, can have, you can have fun. It's okay. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when Guardians of the Galaxy was first coming out, I'm like, oh, this is it. This is where it all comes tumbling down. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows who Rocket Raccoon is. This is over. And then it ended up being yeah. a, a, a huge hit. We, Bradley Cooper, I mean... That helps a little bit. Yeah. I think what Marvel does very well and what DC needs to do better with is making good movie. DC's yeah. trying to make good movies and they're making bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. Make good movie and hope it leads to good movies. <laughs> make good movie. Uh-huh. Why use slot word when few word do trick? He who stand on toilet high on pot. Uh-huh. So another fun, two fun movies that, that I'm looking forward to coming out in May is Detective Pikachu. Yeah, we talked about it before, and and Godzilla. Yeah, I'm not saying they're going to be good. I'm saying they're going to be fun, and I like fun movies. I don't I don't need to go to the movies and come out feeling just dragged through and want to overanalyze. Sometimes I want a fun movie, and Godzilla looks like a fun science fiction movie. I'm finally given all those other creatures their due. Uh, they're already talking about doing other Pokemon movies set in that same world, which is interesting. Interesting, that is yeah. Interesting. Like uh, people responded to the trailer so positively, mm-hmm. that'll uh, be interesting to see. Dark Phoenix coming out in June. What do you think about that one? They've already done Phoenix. Like I know, I know but they're they're throwing it back. They're they're trying to keep 
they're trying to hold, hold on, on to that license as long on. as they possibly hold can. Hold on for one more day. Um, Men in Black International. You seen the trailer for that one? Uh, I have. I was like, huh. I wonder. Interesting. Yeah. Toy Story Four. Do we really need to do this again? Do you need to make us all cry again, Pixar? Again, again we're going to cry again. And then obviously Spider-Man Far From Home in July. Yeah. Lion King. You know what I'm not looking forward to? What? That's what I uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3. <laughs> Why? Because it's like, what if Toothless has a girlfriend? It's like, that's not a story idea. Well, I mean, kind of is. Barely. It's, <laughs> it's going to make so much money. Oh, yeah. It's going to make so, so much and money. And I'm probably still going to enjoy it. Probably. <laughs> Probably because why I, not, right? I enjoyed the first two. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're cute. Again, yeah. They're fun. Yeah, they're it's fun. like DreamWorks comes out with those and you're like, oh man, DreamWorks is really getting on it. And then you go see a Pixar movie and you're like, oh no, they've no, still got a long way to go. No, this is story writing. <laughs> yes. This is a fun animated movie. Pixar is actually writing stories. Yeah. So, be oh, speaking of Pixar, a little tease, be on the lookout for what the Nashville Symphony is going to announce in concert. Ooh. Be on the lookout. Yeah. You've got a friend in me. Maybe. <laughs> no. There's some fun stuff because if people don't know, my day job, the one that pays most of the bills is with the National Symphony. We have a very fun, exciting season that's going to get yeah. announced on February 8th. I saw you took a tumble shooting some promotional videos. I hate you that you brought that up. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, I have a side-by-side -side video that I posted. The, the view from the camera I was holding and the view from, <laughs> from the digital media coordinator following me getting me falling at the Parthenon. So I'm so glad they got that on video. <laughs> so the Parthenon steps, I'm trying, I'm chasing after someone who's trying to duplicate the Rocky thing, right? Cause it's for a kid's concert that we're filming this for. And the last two steps to get to the top part of the Parthenon area are taller than the first three. And so usually, you know, muscle memory, when you're going upstairs, just muscle memory. How you, that's how animals are able to do it and kids and everything. You just, your muscles are trained, oh, this is the distance. Well, I missed it by two inches because about two inches taller. My first, so the first right foot hit it. And then I tried to recover with the left foot. That missed it as well. So it was a three thing miss. Knee hits the ground. I save the camera by holding it up and tumble and roll my back. Busting up laughing, not realizing <laughs> that I actually effed up my knee pretty good through my pants, which did not rip. So I still have a scab. This was two weeks ago. I still have scabs on my knee. And I did not rip my pants. I don't know how that's possible. That's awesome. I don't know how that's possible, yeah. but it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. You know, everybody appreciates a laugh at Bradford's expense. Always Bradford face. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to have a charity calendar for that. It'll <laughs> <laughs> make some money. It, it, it might. Some money, so. This has been fun, Cameron. Oh, yeah. Do you have anything else to... Uh... No. Hey, come to the SECHC tournament. Go to the NWHL All-Star Game. Yeah. You know, support hockey. The Ash playoffs. High school hockey playoffs. Are starting very soon too. You know, if you were from here and you graduated high school from here, your school probably has a hockey team. Go yeah. and support them. That's fun hockey to watch too. High school hockey is very fun. It's very fast. You get right up close to the action too. Support local hockey. That's yeah. what it's all about. You the sport. So it's been a few. It's been a little <laughs> bit since we've recorded one of these. Did anybody reach out to you and ask where we were? Had a couple people saying. Not one person <laughs> said a damn word to me. People that were busy. Yeah, but, like, you know, it's nice to know you're missed. Not one person yeah. said, hey, what's going on? Like, where's the Southern Hostility at? Yeah, I've had things going on, man. It's okay. People yeah. understand. People understand. It's, we're back now. Yeah, but, one, <laughs> like, also, like, 
Hey, quit your bitching. We're recording. I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, it feels like these podcasts are throwing a snowball into hell sometimes. <laughs> Wait, hell Michigan has been below zero for a few days now. So <sighs> Anything to name drop Michigan. They really do have a hell Michigan, though. I mean, yeah. and it's frozen over. Uh, there's Weed, California. I've been That's through there. Fitting. Yeah. That's very, very fitting. Yeah. Wait, is it an old city or a new city? No, it's an old city. Like, okay. you used to be able to drive through there and get shirts that said Weed, California. <laughs> I like that. I yeah. Like that. But thank you, Cameron. Here, thank, thank you for you. the pizza. Yes. yes. Costco pizza. It's make a, sure make sure you tell Cameron he's loved. It's a, he needs that. It's an outstanding value over That's at Costco. That's his podcast love language. Yeah. Is tell him that he's missed. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Justin. Thank you. uh, Yeah, that's it.